Welcome to Exaltation. This is Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true. Scripture today is Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him he had compassion on him. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And the lawyer answered, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. On Wednesday, January 13, 1982, Lenny Skutnik, a federal worker, was walking down the street in Washington, D.C., minding his own business. Suddenly, Air Florida Flight 90 crashed into the nearby Potomac River. The flight had just taken off from the Washington airport bound for Florida, but the pilots had failed to engage the anti-ice heaters during ground operation and decided to take off with snow and ice on the plane's wings. The plane crashed as it tried to clear Washington's 14th Street Bridge. In the next moment, 70 passengers were thrown into the icy river. 
A helicopter came to the rescue by dropping down ropes, but it could only save one person at a time. There was one lady in the water who was struggling to grab the ladder, but she couldn't. It was so cold and she was so frozen she could not lift her arms out of the water, and it looked like she was going to drown. Everyone else on the bridge was shouting encouragement to her. Lenny Skutnik broke through the police barricade, jumped into the river, risked his own life, and pulled the lady to shore, who otherwise certainly would have drowned. The President of the United States called Lenny Skutnik a hero. The Lord Jesus Christ would have called him a good neighbor. What causes some people to extend themselves in compassionate service in a time of urgent need, while others stand idly by? This question is at the heart of our gospel passage in Luke chapter 10. The story of the Good Samaritan has been looked at in several different ways over the years. In the Middle Ages, it was given an allegorical interpretation, where the events and characters in the story received a symbolic spiritual meaning. The wounded man represented Adam. Jerusalem, from which he journeyed, represented the state of innocence from which Adam fell. The thieves who beat him up were the devil who deprived Adam of eternal life. The priest and the Levites stood for the Old Testament religion, which passed by and couldn't help the needy man. The Good Samaritan is the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to his rescue, and the inn to which he was taken is the church. Now, while allegorical interpretation certainly has valuable insights to offer, there is another way to look at the parable. Our Lord Jesus is the perfect Good Samaritan, who in his great love and mercy has compassion on sinners. It is his great compassion on sinners that becomes not only a way of life, but a way to life. Jesus is love, and those who follow him must manifest his love to others. Remember that when Jesus was on the earth, the religious authorities became increasingly hostile towards him. In the end, they plotted to bring about his downfall. One of the methods they used to defeat Jesus was to try to get him to make a statement or draw a conclusion which they could use as evidence against him. As early as Mark chapter 3, verse 6, we read, And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against Jesus how they might destroy him. So they sent one of the experts in the Jewish law to Jesus to give him a test of his orthodoxy. In verse 25, we see, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This was not the first time, nor the last time, that a lawyer asked a trick question. Jesus doesn't argue with the lawyer. He simply says in verse 26, What is written in the law? How do you read it? The lawyer no doubt felt very confident to answer Jesus' question. He was an expert in his field and had no hesitation replying with quotations from Deuteronomy and Leviticus and using part of the Shema, a confession regularly made in Jewish worship. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. 
Deuteronomy 6.5. This was part of the worship liturgy used every Sabbath in Jewish synagogue worship. Jesus approved of the lawyer's reply in verse 28. Excellent, he said. You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Notice that Jesus didn't deny the moral demands of the Old Testament law. The ceremonial and sacrificial systems were soon to pass away, having their complete fulfillment in Christ. But the moral law continues in force as God's righteous standard for all time. The very wording of the lawyer's question revealed his spiritual state. He asked, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Apparently, he didn't see the contradiction in his own words. No one receives an inheritance by doing something. An inheritance is received as a gift because one has a relationship with someone. Like so many people in the world, often well-meaning and decent living people, this man thought of eternal life as something earned through his own good works, rather than freely given by God's grace as we believe and cooperate with him. This is fundamentally important, friends. Eternal life is not a matter of what must I do for God, but rather, what has God accomplished for me that I need to receive and keep on daily receiving by obeying my Lord? Jesus knew that the lawyer, like every other human being since Adam, had failed to keep the law. So he told the story of the Good Samaritan to prick this man's conscience, to humble him, and to show him that he was a sinner in need of God's grace and mercy. The lawyer thought he did love God and his neighbor as the law demanded. Jesus desired to show him his error and bring him to recognize his spiritual need. When Jesus answered, Do this and you will live, the listening crowd knew that the lawyer had tried to ask a trick question, to which he already knew the answer. He was well aware that if he kept the first and great commandment, he would live. Verse 29 says, But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, To restore his dignity and to attempt to appear right before the crowd, the lawyer asks another question. And who is my neighbor? The lawyer asks this question because there was an argument going on in Jesus' day between the rabbis as to whether Gentile converts to Judaism could be considered as neighbors. Some of the Jewish leaders restricted the definition of neighbor to Jews alone. One even went so far as to say that it was illegal to help a Gentile woman suffering in childbirth. Perhaps the lawyer thought he might be able to get Jesus embroiled in this controversy. What the lawyer wanted to debate with Jesus was the definition of a neighbor. He wanted to know what is the meaning of neighbor and who really is my neighbor. It was an attempt to define neighbor as the object of love so that once you have defined who your neighbor is and excluded all the others, you are only required to love a certain group of people. Now listen, friends. Jesus' story is talking about neighbor as subject, the one who acts like a true neighbor with compassion towards an unfortunate victim. 
As we will discover, love does not define its object. Love freely gives to whomever is in its path. listening to Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true, heralding the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we may experience life in Him. Let's continue our lesson. Now Jesus is a wise, wonderful master teacher. Instead of entering into a debate or an argument with the lawyer, he tells a simple story which gets at the heart of the matter. There are four distinct characters in the story Jesus told. The first is the man traveling the road from Jerusalem to Jericho which was a notoriously dangerous road. Jerusalem is at 2,300 feet above sea level. The Dead Sea near Jericho is 1,300 feet below sea level. Therefore, in less than 20 miles, the road dropped 3,600 feet. On either side of this road were gullies, rocky outcroppings, and sudden hairpin turns. Robbers and troublemakers over the centuries hid in these hills and attacked travelers. Josephus the historian in the first century called the road desolate and rocky. In the fifth century, this road was still referred to as the Bloody Way because of the numbers of people brutalized or killed on the road. Unfortunately for this traveler, Bandits attacked him, and he was beaten and left for dead by the roadside, stripped of all his possessions. The other three characters were traveling separately, probably the opposite way to Jerusalem, a priest, a Levite, and a Samaritan. The priest and the Levite ignored the plight of the victim, but the Samaritan had compassion on him and did his utmost to provide help and comfort in very dangerous circumstances. Jesus didn't have to give an explanation of the story to the lawyer. It spoke for itself. Jesus asked, Which now of these three do you think was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? Verse 36. The only possible answer was, He that showed mercy on him. Let's look at the behavior of the priest and Levite to see what lessons can be learned. The first approach adopted by the priest and Levite in leaving the wounded man to his fate was the I don't do anybody any harm approach. What they did was turn God's positive command to love your neighbor into the less demanding and neutral stance of I don't do anyone any harm. What they failed to recognize is that refraining from mistreating our neighbor doesn't mean that we have shown love to him. The priest and the Levite could have justified their lack of real love by saying it was dangerous to do so. 
the robbers might still be nearby. They might be ambushed and mugged. They could also have argued that it was unbiblical for them to stop, for there was a religious law which made them ceremonially unclean if they touched a dead body. To be ceremonially unclean meant that they would have to go through a ritual cleansing before performing religious duties at the temple. That would have been inconvenient. They might also justify their neglect of the injured man because their interpretation of the law of love put them under no obligation to those outside the Jewish religion. We live in a suffering world. There are people everywhere who are wounded and hurting. Some have been robbed and beaten by their parents who abuse them instead of loving them. Some have been left half dead in desperate situations as a result of their own foolish choices. Some have been damaged by false teaching or let down by so-called Christians and Christian churches. We come across these dear people often in our daily contacts. This is our opportunity to be their neighbor. What should we do? We are to be good neighbors, to show mercy to anyone who comes across our path from any nation, race, or ethnic group. When Jesus selected a Samaritan as the hero of the story, the lawyer was left almost speechless. The reason was that the Jews held the Samaritans in utter contempt. They were looked down upon by the Jews as members of a corrupt race, as a nation of half-breeds and illegitimates. They were publicly cursed in the synagogue as heretics, and prayers were actually offered begging God to deny them eternal life. There was no lost love between Jews and Samaritans. Now let's look at the Samaritan. The Samaritan walking this road notorious for violence came upon the beaten traveler. Even though the priest and the Levite ignored their responsibility to love, the Samaritan didn't. Jesus made the point that he came, he saw, and he did. The Samaritan had legs of mercy, eyes of compassion, and a heart of pity. We must learn to do the same. Our task is to be the good Samaritan to the people God brings across our path to feel the plight of others, to do good works of mercy for them. Jesus said in verse 33 that the Samaritan had compassion on him. The word means to be greatly moved by feeling, to be compelled to action. The principle here is that true compassion is love in action. It may result in situations which, humanly speaking, ought to be avoided. But the love of Christ breaks down barriers and moves us to works of mercy and pity. When I was a student at Wheaton College, one of my professors moved his wife and children into downtown Chicago. He felt God calling him to serve the poorest and neediest sections of town. He was criticized by some faculty and staff members but he wanted to demonstrate to the poor and needy of Chicago that he was a Christian in word and deed. The Samaritan ministered to the victim of the mugging. He bandaged his wounds, poured in oil and wine, put him on his own donkey, and took him to an inn. 
Caring is costly. It took time to stop by the beaten up man and give him first aid. The priest and the Levite were busy men doing many religious things, but they were too busy because they couldn't stop to help a traveler in need. Do you remember Lenny Skutnik? Everyone else on the bridge was shouting encouragement to the drowning woman, but Lenny Skutnik broke through the police barricade, jumped into the river, and risked his own life to rescue the drowning woman. By telling this parable, Jesus wanted us to understand three things. First, eternal life is an inheritance of God reserved for those who love and obey Him. But we cannot say we love and obey Him if we refuse to show mercy to others. Second, our love for one another truly reveals our love for God. To show mercy and be a neighbor to the needy is an act of love. The third thing Jesus wants to teach us is that to be a neighbor is to be a neighbor to anyone in need. We must not divide people into neighbors and non-neighbors based on their race or behavior or situation because God has created everyone in his own image. Living a devout religious life is a good thing. That's what the priest and Levite were trying to do but they got so caught up in their own devotion and their own man-made religion that they failed to respond to urgent human need right in front of them. Caring takes time. Caring takes money. The Samaritan gave freely of his own resources. He gave his own wine and oil. He put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him promising the innkeeper he would pay the bill. Caring requires commitment. As St. Ignatius of Loyola, the godly pastor, prayed back in 1542, teach us, good Lord, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wound, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to ask for any reward save that of knowing we do thy will, O Lord. God knows us, dear friends. He knows our circumstances, and He will not ask more of us than we are able through His strength to give. After experiencing the story of the Good Samaritan, can you think of the one person who fully fits this picture? Remember, in the allegorical treatment of the story, our Lord Jesus Himself is the perfect Good Samaritan. He is the ultimate model of love in action. He cared when caring was costly to the point of death. Our Lord says to each of us in verse 37, Go and do likewise. It is not popular or convenient to be a follower of Jesus Christ. To be a Christian is to suffer hardship and temptation. To be a Christian is to set our minds on things above and not on things upon the earth. But being a Christian and living out the law of love to our neighbor is the right thing to do. Now how do we put this parable into action? First, remember that our neighbor is whoever God puts in our path. Whoever is before us is the person we are to love. 
Second, remember that God will demonstrate love through you in a myriad of different ways. God doesn't only need pastors and church leaders. He needs mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, farmers, plumbers, carpenters, operations managers, homemakers, teachers, artists, architects, doctors, nurses, engineers, technicians, businessmen, and university students who are surrendered to Him and to the work of His kingdom. Whoever you are and wherever you are, let God's love flow through you to your neighbor. For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory both now and forevermore. Amen. to the program Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson with Godet Ministries. You may reach us on the web at godetministries.org. That's G-A-U-D-E-T-E ministries.org. This gospel outreach is entirely listener supported. Please help us proclaim the gospel on the radio to a needy world. You may donate online at our website. Your gift, large or small, is gratefully appreciated. Until next time, may God richly bless you with this word of encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not faint. <laughs>